Hey, Kim here. Quick update before you dive into this episode. We've changed the name of our podcast to Rooted in Tomorrow. It's a nod to our shared history and the bright future of our cooperative system. So if you get later in the series to our 22nd episode, you'll notice the change. But most importantly, it won't affect you as a listener or a subscriber. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. talk about stretching every acre, making sure every acre, uh, whether it's a kernel of corn or it's a gallon of product, how do we stretch it um, to get the most out of that acre? In reverse ownership, if I had to, to do one statement, instead of us owning retail, retail owns us. And um, it's unique, and it's a model that's 100 years old. And during times like this, when, when economic times are tough or when times are good, this model is probably the most predictable market access model that there is in the market. Yet it's sometimes um, the best-kept secret. About the work that you do. What makes it meaningful? Is it the results? Or is it the process? Or is it the promise of something greater? Being a cooperative means we're in this together to build a sustainable future and feed human progress. This is Something Greater, a podcast by Lando Lakes Inc. I'm Kim Olson. Follow along with us as we bring you the stories and voices that impact our shared community. Cooperative. You see them in your own communities, grocery stores, grain elevators, rural power companies. They are literally everywhere. They are the exception and not the rule. They are unique in the sense that it's a business model owned and guided by members and at the benefit of members. Land Lakes remains a cooperative after nearly 100 years since our founding, and we're proud of that. Farmers still help make decisions about the direction of the company and hold leadership accountable. That model also presents a unique advantage. In our Winfield United business, a company that makes sure millions of acres of crops have the best possible outputs, the cooperative is our strength. Today, President of Winfield United and Senior Vice President of Land O'Lakes, Brett Brueggemann, joins us to talk about it. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to have this conversation. It's one that um, that we've had a little bit, and I think that our listeners are going to be very, very interested in. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a great opportunity. I've been looking forward to it. So before I have people on the uh, podcast, I typically Google them. So do you think you're the only Brett Brueggemann? I don't know. Probably not. You might be surprised to know you are not. There is another Brett Brueggemann who is a champion dog sledder. So I just yell mush one time. Mush. Yeah, that's yeah, not you. That's so not me. So you yeah. must be <laughs> Brett Brueggemann, president of Winfield United, not Brett Brueggemann, musher. Uh, so it, tell me, Brett, dogs in Alaska, not your thing, but agriculture, clearly yeah. your thing, yeah. right? So I know you have a, um, a history uh, in ag, and I'd like to just kind of start there, if you can talk about uh, how, how you got here and what sort of drew you in. 
That's interesting. You know, you made me curious about the Alaska thing because <laughs> my mom and dad actually uh, spent some time in Alaska. My really? dad was in the service. so He's probably um, a cousin. Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, you know, I talk about how what drew me into agriculture and my passion with agriculture really is from when I grew up or where I grew up in agriculture on a grain and livestock farm and, and really... Um, what my parents taught me, particularly around work ethic and just nurturing crops and nurturing livestock. And it's interesting. I was thinking the other day, you know, I've spent about a third of my life farming Mm -hmm. or on the farm, a third of my life with R&D manufacturers um, like a BSF, an innovator, and then a third of my time in the wholesale distribution retail channel like Mm -hmm. Winfield United. So I've been really fortunate to have... um, a lot of different experiences in a lot of different areas and a, and a good upbringing and great parents who actually right. still live on the farm. And where is that from? Carroll, Iowa. Oh, very yeah. nice. Very nice. Well, we've uh, got a lot of members in Iowa, so I'm, I'm yeah. thrilled with that. Um, I have heard you say you lose when you confuse. So tell me a little bit about um, that sort of philosophy as you, as you bring your uh, yourself to work and um, think about explaining some things to folks. Agriculture is complex, and uh, what you do is complex. It is, and it's something actually I got from a podcast um, from Donald Miller. I listen to two or three podcasts every week, and and Donald Miller is building a story brand, and he talks about how complex the market is, like you talked about. Mm -hmm. And in particular, when it comes to agriculture, you think about, um, you know, the, the digital tsunami that we're dealing with. You think about the regulatory, the tariffs. You think about the economics. There's just less money mm-hmm. in the field, and so the margin for error is less. So part of your story is being part of the Land O'Lakes Cooperative. And uh, you and I have talked, and I've heard you say reverse ownership. So the cooperative uh, is farmer-owned on one side with our uh, 2,000 dairy farmers, and then um, really has a reverse ownership model with, uh, with locals. Um, can you just talk a little bit about how that works? Yeah, it's a great piece. And in, in reverse ownership, if I had to, to do one statement, instead of us owning retail, retail owns us. And um, it's unique, and it's a model that's 100 years old. And during times like this, when, when economic times are tough or when times are good, this model is probably the most predictable market access model that there is in the market. Yet it's sometimes um, the best-kept secret. And there are pros and cons to a reverse ownership model. But as you said, we have over 1,000 what we call locally owned and operated retailers. Mm-hmm. And they're really entrepreneurs, yeah. Um, is who they are. Um, in, in the tell, reason, me, tell me kind of what the profile of one of those yeah, would be. I, you know, it's a great question, the profile. And I think this is why we love what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the level of commitment. These retailers, when I talk about the level of commitment, these retailers are committed to their communities, first of mm-hmm. all. If you looked at um, the communities in rural America today, and you associated that with the locally owned and operated businesses. In a lot of um, instances, they're correlated together. Yeah. They, um, they hire a lot of the same people, but also, most importantly, the profits they make go right back into those communities. Mm-hmm. Um, the other profile uh, piece of this when you talk about the local owned and operated is their commitment to the business. They're ones that are usually, I say, put the key in the door an hour before the sun 
rises wow. and usually take the key and lock the business an hour after the sun um, sets. They're just committed to the business and they're committed now to ag in a way that is probably much above the norm. And when I say that is farmers used to manage fields. Right. Now they manage acres. I mean, acre by acre. What's the difference? And the difference is, great question, the difference is is it's pixel by pixel. It's micro-type markets, and every acre is not created the same. And so they have to offer an unbiased total agronomy package. Um, so not only do you have the work ethic, they're entrepreneurs, they're also very good at what they do from an agronomic leadership standpoint. And that's really been the secret um, yeah. to our model. You put a seed in the ground, it rains, it grows. In your backyard flower pots, it may be that easy. But when you're a farmer dealing with hundreds if not thousands of acres of crops, there's little room for error, especially when you can't control the weather. Rather than just smart advice, the solutions to grow healthier crops need to be proven with science, data, and tested on our more than 4,000 acres of answer plots around the country. We did it. We're doing it. And as a cooperative, our members hold our feet to the fire to make sure we get it right. There isn't a farmer out there, whether it's grain or livestock, that doesn't feel the pain of what's happening right now today Mm -hmm. and doesn't want to advance their operation. And when we talk about advancing agriculture intelligently, we're talking about reducing input dollars per bushel Mm -hmm. or increasing the predictability on yield hence profit. That's really that advancing piece. The agriculture piece, that's the 7 billion total agronomy, total acre. We're in seed, CPP, and NCN. Um, And then the intelligent piece is something that um, is we're having a lot of fun. We've always been an agronomic leadership company, but uh, but the agronomic side of it isn't enough. We also need to have the economic side of it. And so to wrap it all up, we talk about stretching every acre making sure every acre, uh, whether it's a kernel of corn or it's a gallon of product, how do we stretch it um, to get the most out of that acre? So a lot of folks think of Winfield as sort of a wholesale distributor, mm-hmm. but that's that's not all, right? That's not all. And that, and that wholesale distributor, that tangible uh, part of what we do um, goes back to scalable assets. Um, when you talk about what we do to serve our retailers that own us, um, there are really two parts that we work on. One is around the tangible assets. Um, that's the infrastructure of warehouses, um, our greenbelt trucking, our Omnium terminal, anything you can't get as a retailer, okay. um, but you could get as a wholesaler. And the tricky part about that, Kim, is today we have growers that were the size of retailers 10 years ago. Okay. And today we have retailers that were the size of distributors 10 years ago. Hmm. And today we are the size of a manufacturer 10 years ago. And so we got to make sure those scalable assets um, continue to evolve and right. we don't have duplication in the system. Because it's different kind of um, support, a, a, almost a, a completely different business model. It is. It is. Absolutely. So um, you touched on a really difficult climate out there for farmers. Uh, so I, I find this really interesting because you're not only creating new products for farmers, but you're recognizing farmers are taking risks. And um, you, in, in many ways, you're giving a performance warranty, right? 
We are. Um, yeah. So I guarantee I'd love that in every <laughs> aspect of life. Tell, yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it's so great, great piece. It goes back to the agronomic leadership, uh, and it goes back to the reducing input dollar or input uh, cost per uh, bushel and also increasing the predictability. We have a new program out there that um, really fits underneath our strategy around services, and it's called Elite Rx. Mm-hmm. And Elite Rx, the best way that I know how to explain it is called outcome-based pricing or outcome-based value proposition. And if the definition behind that you would see uh, to, def- to explain that is that you're linking um, the value generated with the price charged. And you're saying, so what is that? Say what, that again. Yeah, linking the value generated okay. with the price charged. Okay. And, and the reason that's so important is for years mm-hmm. we have given away services. Okay. And for years we've bundled the services value into the price of the product. Hmm. And today, that doesn't work as well. Why number, not? One, number one, because of the fact there's a lot of transparency in price, which really makes us better retailers because yeah. it makes us dial in our value proposition. Uh, but number two, there's technology now available going back to stretching that acre. So because of the investments um, that a lot smarter people did before me with the answer plots, and, or before us, I should say, the answer plot infrastructure and investment, um, we have an opportunity because of all the rigor and all the applied research that we do, that if you were to look at the acres and break them into a high-tier acre, a middle-tier acre, or a low-tier acre, which basically every farmer has, yeah. and you said, we are going to follow the recommendation of the inputs, the seed, the fertilizer, the crop protection, the fungicides on that acre, and if that acre doesn't yield to the current APH or a certain level of the APH, then we would refund part of those products back that you put on that acre. That's amazing. Yeah, and we we can do that now because we have the ability um, to... to track it from a ag tech standpoint, but we also have the research to back it up and say, based on these recommendations, you have a more predictable yield. And that's exactly what a grower wants today. A grower wants some sort of risk assurance. And we also want to make sure we run a profitable business. Sure. Um, but it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. So we're piloting that on about 50,000 acres um, this year. I like the name too, the Elite RX. I, because it is very much um, akin to what a, a doctor does, sort of diagnosing and it um, is. coming through, although the doctors don't guarantee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and we would use the word assurance yeah. um, from that standpoint. And sure. another great point you just made me think about it is, is we provide that in the uh, – Winfield United provides the infrastructure mm-hmm. in the background. Our retail salesperson – um, at the locally owned and operated businesses where we started this podcast, yeah. they're the ones who go to the farm gate and based on how that farmer wants to farm, they customize that prescription to your point yeah. to them. So um, we got a lot to learn. We're just in the in the crawl walk phase, but it's really exciting moving forward. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I want to know, do you tell your mother you're a doctor? No. <laughs> she no. wouldn't buy it, no. huh? That's right. That's right. Too smart for that. Yeah, that's right. Um, do we offer any other um, unique services uh, 
we, that you could talk about. Yeah, we do. And, and we would say we have two other buckets of services, one around the what we call the input side was secure financing. Sure. And we had over 500 new uh, patrons or customers here this year, almost $600 million worth of uh, business there. And, and again, having enough capital is a big deal in farming. And so um, we have that uh, service. And we also have what we call community services. And where our locally owned and operated businesses and retail offer health insurance and and those types of things. So um, you'll hear us talk about the term services more and more. We got to get better at at defining those um, and quite frankly, um, describing um, because you're not just talking about ag services on farm services. You're talking about health insurance, you know, financial health and, um, you know, health uh, insurance kind yeah. of offerings and and that whole person kind of is that is that's, that right that's exactly right and um i see that continuing to grow it's off obviously important for that for the real communities yeah but just overall um the consumer today whether it's a millennial or anybody that's using a digital type technology they want to know what the value of the product is and the value of the service and yeah. so internally we keep testing ourselves and challenging ourselves to make sure that we put a value on every service. It could be just moving a pallet of seed, yeah. but let's know the value of that, um, and let's not pretend that people aren't going to ask us what the value of that is because it's a tough market, and we got to know right. that. Right, right. Uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And I, you know, we used to say helping the farmer grow more with less, and and we still say that. I think I, I've heard that um, around the hallway, but also grow more with less, more profitably. You know, it's about being efficient. And again, uh, Kim, when I think about um, digital and I think about omni-channel, I think about e-business, there are a lot of terms that get thrown out there, yeah. right? All confusing. All confusing, <laughs> and people use them a little bit differently. And, and we call our approach to the market the omni-channel approach. And the reason we use the omni-channel approach in this digital world is because um, it's about infrastructure bricks but it's also about clicks hmm. utilizing the technology. And um, this is being driven <clears throat> mostly because of automation and because of predictability. And you can do so much with less, so much more with less to your point. So um, one of the things that we're working on on that side of it is an answer plot 2.0. And we used to use the answer plot um, for a lot of different reasons, demo, hybrid characterization. We still do all remind that. Remind me what an answer plot is. Okay, so an answer plot is... I know, you but remind know. me. <laughs> yeah. So we had, at one time at the high, we had roughly around 200 answer plots across the U.S. Yeah. And today we're at about 150 because of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're placed in geographies that have a similar soil type, similar rainfall patterns, similar cropping practices within those different geographies. And the reason we do that is we try to get some similarity, some consistency for the data. Mm-hmm. And you talked about utilizing digital or AI, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. to, to do that. Um, it would used to require for a grower to have to go to these field days to see all that information. And because of artificial intelligence, we can actually take 
those 150 answer plots and look at the topography of those and look at the rainfall and match that to the particular grower's field. So we can actually take the answer plot to that grower and say, this is what it looks like in there. That's one exciting yeah, that's new new piece that we have with that. Of course, Elite RX. Yeah. We couldn't do Elite RX without that particular piece. Um, I would say what's probably most pertinent right now is the fact that we had a late fall yeah meaning mm-hmm. we didn't get a lot of fertilizer on last fall yeah. um, we've had a compressed spring and that because mean, of the rain because of the rain yeah and so that means a lot of people planted corn without probably putting their full year's worth of nutrients out there hmm. um, which is good because we have some technology that we call tissue sampling or okay. that we do with tissue sampling and so we can spoon feed that crop throughout the year and that's we're right on top of that in the next four to six weeks where we'll and be the utilizing. tissue sampling is something that you do right on the farmer do you send it away or we do we take work? good question we take that uh, sample right there on the on the farmer's field and then we send that away within 24 hours they get the application information back on whether or not to treat or not back to that agronomic leadership prescription piece um and and again to optimize yield so it's it's a turnkey painless um situation but it's it's about keeping that crop healthy throughout the year yeah and you think that we'll need more of that kind of thing this year because of the fall and the and the spring. In the spring, we and think the combo of the two, maybe. Yeah, we just think a lot of people planted and said, "Hey, we'll treat later," and so this gives us the opportunity to dial in that treatment at a later time. Yeah. So um, you know, obvious. Obviously, we'd love uh, members to buy Winfield United products. But other than that, um, what can members do to support the entire co-op system? And, you know, we all have a stake in how successful our co-op is. Um, what If you were sitting here with a, a member, um, what would you be asking them to do? A smart person once told me about telling a story. Every story has a hero mm-hmm. in it. And, and I want to be really clear the hero in our story is not Winfield United or Orlando Lakes. The yeah. hero in our story is the grower slash mm-hmm. retailer. We're a farmer first company. We're locally owned and operated by retail. And it's our job to make sure that we serve that accordingly. Mm-hmm. And so buying locally, buying uh buying from a locally owned and operated business puts the profits back into the system. Yeah. It puts a profits back into the community, I should say. Um, and it strengthens the system overall. The profits don't go back to Wall Street. The profits don't go back to another country. They stay local. And that strengthens the, the humanity side of our, our community side mm-hmm. of our, our business also. So we kind of got the best of both worlds. Two final questions. First one going back to the beginning if you were the dog sled musher, yeah. what would your lead dog be named? Sage. Sage? Yeah. Why Sage? Because that's my dog's name. There's well, only one dog. Enough. What kind of dog do you have? <laughs> I have a silver lab. Oh, I, a silver lab. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Sage could pull a little sled. Yeah. And I think you yeah. should go back to your mother and we should uh, search Alaska. <laughs> that's a good idea. Um, my, my true final question yeah. uh, is what does something greater, just the phrase, mean to you? You know, I think something greater kind of goes back to our, our, um, goes back to our culture of, um, of a common cause uh, around having accountability to a common cause. And um, 
I work for a great leader right now, Beth Ford, and she mentions breaking dishes. Um, we're going to break some dishes. We're not going to do everything right. We're moving really fast. I talk to employees every day, and they're like, you know, this is a lot of change, and, and we need to be, uh, we need to continue that pace of change, um, but we need to also continue to get better, and um, yeah. that's, our, that's our quest in life. Well, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Brett. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Like Something Greater podcast is delivered monthly via our Member Connections newsletter or on our website. Just go to LandoLakesInc.com, then click on Members at the top right. We're also available wherever you find your podcasts.